Awesome. Good way to start. Let's, uh, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this time, this time to come and uh, get our focus on eternal things, Lord, that we will be filled with eternal things as we start our day and not the things of this world. Help us empty ourselves of the things of this world and be filled with you and, and things of eternity. I thank you for your word that leads us. I pray that your spirit would uh, guide us and uh, inspire us, Lord. Give us your wisdom. Just bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have uh, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This is, uh, this is a famous one. Uh, teaching us a lesson about the spiritual realm, lying in the spiritual realm, realities that God looks at versus what we look at. I'll, I'll read it out. Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira. See if I can say that right. Acts 5.1. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young man rose, wrapped him up, and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great Fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. God is making a point. And it appears that some of these people got it. Great fear resulted from this judgment. Now, 
I guarantee you, nowadays, there are plenty of people in the church that lie. That, that present themselves as doing something uh, for God's glory when they're really doing it for their own. Uh, and they're not struck dead. So God had a purpose in this one, and it was to establish the truth of where the sin is at. This sin, Peter made clear, was a sin against the Spirit, and it's a spiritual thing. Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth, right? So God is establishing. Remember, Acts is transitioning from Christ in the flesh to the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And so God is establishing the frontier that we're working on. The frontier that we're working on is in the Spirit. And we don't see that. And so God is making it very clear. These people lied to the Spirit. And I'm going to judge that. I want you to understand that it's very serious and that reality resides in the spirit realm all of this world all of this that we see and do even this building we're building all the things that we're doing here will disappear one day right but eternity is the spiritual realm you have a soul you have an opportunity in your soul to interact with god that's what it means when it says God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You have to interact with God at the spiritual level. So a big part of becoming, uh, grasping the Christian realm is to understand the spiritual realm. We have to, have to acknowledge and start working in that. So God is making it clear. This is a spiritual issue. They lied in the spirit. I want, I want to look at the focus because Peter said, Satan has filled you and God has called us to be filled with the Spirit. And that's a direct contrast, right? Filled is about being focused. What are you focused on? They were focused on their gain. They wanted to sell this Keep some money. What did we talk about yesterday? Greed, right? It wasn't a need. It was a greed. They had the property. They owned it. We want to watch what we're focused on, what we're filled with, what is in the forefront of our eyes that keeps us from seeing any other thing. Check your focus. Acts 5.1, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. They owned it. Remember, we were talking yesterday that uh, they had all things in common, but the reality was that that was a heart of selflessness. It was not a heart of just dump it all in the middle of the room, right? It was a heart of selflessness. They held on lightly. I like to, like to hold my hand open like this. That's, that's how you should hold things in this world. You have a a nice house, you have a motorcycle, you have money, you should hold your hand open and allow God to guide your use of that. Now, it's still in your hand. You're still responsible. But they had this property and they were releasing it, but they were trying to get something that they shouldn't have gotten, right? Because they could have kept it 
and just told everybody, you know what, we're going to give half of this to the church and half of it we're going to keep for ourselves. But apparently, very clearly, they did not do that. They said, we're giving it all and then kept some to themselves. So they lied. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself. Remember? Need versus greed. Greed is driven by self. Guys, examine yourself. Yourself is, man, it's, it's the root of all our problems is ourself. Man's problem, self. So what is the sin here? What is the godly desire that they have that has been twisted? It's greed. They, they have, we have, God gave them property. We have the right to have things and to do things. But if we, that becomes our focus, that becomes what we worship. Paul even talks about that. He says he's, he's talking about sins that you can have and greed, which is idolatry. Greed is idolatry. It's worshiping something other than God. Greed is worshiping things, money. That's what they were doing. They had greed. So the sin was worshiping that money and wanting that. And they wanted people's affirmation unjustly, right? They weren't, they weren't deserving of accolades for giving everything because they weren't. They weren't giving everything. So they were lying to get other people's affirmation. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. You see, sin originates at the heart. It's filled your heart. The action is really the fruit of the heart, the motivation of the heart. Matthew 12, 33 through 35, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, and they were accusing him of being ungodly. And yet he was healing, he was driving out demons, and he was showing fruit that was good fruit. Yet they were claiming he was a bad tree. And he said, you can't have that both ways. You can't call me bad and my fruit good. Either my fruit is good and I am good, or my fruit is bad, and I am bad. Either make the tree good, and its fruit good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, all of the things that we do are fruit of where our heart is, what we're thinking, what we're doing. So when, when we are going down the street and we are struggling with lust, it's because our heart is not satisfied with what God has given us. This is a battle, guys. I, I guarantee you, everyone here has. I, I deal with men constantly, and this is a universal issue. We've got to get control of that, and that's part of submitting to God. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. The evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. If your heart and mind start drifting off towards self, you're going to bear fruit of selfishness. If you repeatedly and consistently 
realign your heart and your mind to God, you're going to bear fruit of goodness, of God. And that's why you have to spend time in God's word because you spend time in the world and guess what? The world encourages sin, right? The world encourages selfishness. And so if you're spending time in the world, who's not spending time in the world, right? We all live in the world. We are in, embraced by the world. The world is all around us. And so we are constantly getting the world's input. And if that's the only input you take, then you will drift and your heart will drift towards sin. So you have to daily renew yourself and get out of that. Get your focus on the eternal. Off of the world. Get your focus on the eternal. Matthew 5, 28. Remember, Jesus is talking about uh, when sin originates. And they, they asked, uh, you know, about adultery and, you know, what should they do about adultery? And Jesus says, I say to you, everyone who even looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, God knows that it starts in your mind, in your heart, at the heart level, at the mind, at the thinking. And then the action is just the fruit of that, right? The action is just the fruit of that. So we have to watch. It's interesting. I found this concept of being spiritually filled 14 times in the Bible. It's, there's, there's uh, I think, 16 references that have spirit and filled, but 14 of them are speaking specifically about the spirit being filled. Ten of them were by Luke in, in his book, his gospel, Luke, and his book of Acts. So Luke likes this illustration and he likes it. It's, it's giving us an idea of what, how he perceives God acting in our lives. Paul uses it once, Ephesians 5, 18, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. So filled, if, if, if I fill up your helmet with water if it's filled, there's not room for anything else, right? And so if we are filled with the Spirit, there's not room for anything else. If we are filled with the world, there's not room for anything else. So we have to fill ourselves, right? God allows us to be filled through His Spirit. I think of, hey, we're talking about football this Saturday. I play goalkeeper. That's been my, my job. I love being goalkeeper. I'm an American football player, so I can tackle people. I know how to hit. I know how to stop ball. I'm good at that. Um, so I, when I'm on the field, quite often the ball is at the other end of the field. And then I can be thinking about, you know, the birds flying by or, you know, who's on the sideline or, or what's happening next week at the construction site. But when someone is dribbling toward me with a ball and they, I don't have any defenders, guess what? I'm not thinking about anything else. I am focused on that guy, that ball, where he's going, what he's doing. I am focused. That is being filled. I am filled with football at that point. So now, it doesn't matter what else is happening in the world. I am focused. You know, a nuclear bomb could be going off in a neighboring town. I wouldn't even know about it because I'm so focused on what that guy's doing. I don't want him getting a goal. And I'm going to stop him, whatever I take. So I am focused. Guys, that's what we ought to be in the Lord. We have to be focused. 
We have to be filled with him. Our all, every thought, every most uh, moment of our minds should be on God and his will and how we can honor and glorify him. Ah, we have all probably experienced this at some point, And I think of it, and, you know, in the bad sense, we have a desire. You know, you have a desire, you're going down the street, or, you know, you see that, that motorcycle that you want or those new shoes. I remember when I was a kid, I had this uh, plane, airplane that I wanted to get. And all I could think about was getting that airplane. And I worked and I saved my money and I wanted to get that airplane. And finally, I had enough money and I saved it up. It was a little uh, airplane with a motor in it so you could fly. It was a big deal for me, huge. And I saved up my money and I got this airplane. Like, ah, oh, wow. I flew it and I flew it so hard that day that I burned the engine right through the body and it, boom, the engine took off and now the airplane was no good. And all my focus, all my time came to nothing at the end of that day. One day I had it and then it was gone. And I looked back and I said, you know, that wasn't that big a deal to get that airplane. And I see that in a lot of the things of our desires. Our desires can be blinding. They can, they can keep us from seeing anything else, even though they're a little thing. If I go like this, and I put my finger across my, I can't see any of you guys, right? Mm. But it's just my little tiny finger. Yeah. Yet I can block out 20 guys with one finger, right? I can't see the trees. I can't see the building just from one little finger. And that's the way our desires become. They get right in front of our face. They're right there. They're so urgent. I have to do this. I have to fulfill this. And we allow that to become our focus. And that becomes what fills us. This is what we've got to fight. This is what we've got to fight. All other things become eclipsed. We think that we must yield to this desire. We must have that thing. Yet in hindsight, I found that all I needed to do was say no. James tells us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's all it takes. Just say no. So when you're being tempted, you have the opportunity to just say no and get your focus, fill your head, fill your heart with godly things. They want, I, I want that, you know, somebody drops their wallet on the street and you see there's money sticking out of it and you grab it. You have a choice. Are you going to give it back to that person or are you going to keep it? And your flesh will say, hey, I like this. Free money. Good deal. You have to say no to the temptation and you say yes to what God's spirit is convicting you. Give it back to that person. Call out to them. Find out if you can't find them, find the, any identification in the thing and seek them out. That's the right thing. But our flesh doesn't want to do that. Say no and that will help you focus. Get your finger out from in front of your eyes and you can see the big picture. What's right? Good things can be this way just as well as sin. I can be totally focused or filled with God's spirit, speaking the truth about God, but I can be totally focused or filled on fulfilling my selfish desires. It's interesting that Paul in this thing, just kind of aside, he speaks of being uh, lying to the Holy Spirit. And then in the next passage, he speaks about lying to God. <clears throat> so it's very clear that Paul sees that Holy Spirit and God are equivalent and yet he identifies them as two separate entities. 
It's one of those things, the triune God, we call it. Jesus Christ, the Son, God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Three different identities, all one being. And I'm not necessarily going to explain that. I just know that the Bible is very clear that that happened. And that's who he is. That's God's identity. As we discussed yesterday, this was... Uh, this property that they had was not a communal living thing where they threw everything in. It was selfless living. And selfless, remember self is our, our root issue. And so if we can be selfless, we can then more easily honor God. Self got in the way for Ananias and Sapphira. They owned the property. They had no obligation to do anything with it. They sold it. They had no obligation to do anything with the money. Nobody told them that they had to sell it. Nobody told them that they had to give it up. Nobody told them that they had to give all of it. They lied for their own selfish means. That's the, the challenge. And Paul says, you've sinned against God. They lied to the people, but the sin wasn't against the people. The sin was against God. And guys, that's where all of our sin ends up going. Every time we are sinning, we are disowning or uh, dishonoring God's character. That's what sin is. When we dishonor God's character, we do something other than or in opposition to God's character. David says that in Psalm uh, 51. Psalm 51 verse 4, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. God convicted these, these two of death because he wanted to make a statement that you are dealing in the spirit and you are doing something that's a huge magnitude beyond what the world sees. The world sees it as just a little white lie. It's no big deal. But God sees it as a big deal. Big enough that he put two people to death for it. God is establishing clear parameters for truth at the heart level. He started his, the Holy Spirit's uh, ministry with this truth. The Spirit is where reality is at. And that's where the important things are happening. So we need to be on top of that. Uh, just a quick aside, the men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. That, that was the typical Jewish custom. You guys have a similar... If somebody dies, you don't keep them around for very long. In the States, they sometimes they have refrigerators that they put bodies in, and they can keep it for weeks. Uh, you don't have that around here. You want to bury that body pretty quickly. But especially, especially if they have been convicted of dishonoring God. Then, and you notice, Sapphira didn't even know Ananias had been buried because he had sinned and Peter declared that, and so they said, get rid of that guy. And they dumped him into the ground quick because he had dishonored God. God has given us opportunity to honor and glorify him, to be filled with him versus being filled with our desires, filled with other things. Get your focus on those things that are important, the eternal things. Look beyond the temporal and see the spiritual. That was the lesson I got out of this this morning. Be filled with God, with the important things. 
Don't be distracted. Don't allow your finger to block your vision, your desires to become the only thing that you can see. When you feel that urge to just do what your desires, step back, resist, say no. Look for God's purpose. Say, okay, I'm going to return that wallet. Declare the truth. Declare the truth of what the good thing is that you're going to do in obedience to God. This is how you can transform your life and become salt and light in the world. Thank you, guys. Any thoughts? We got, uh, I can close in prayer. Starting to sprinkle. I think it feels good. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I see coach coming out. All right. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have given us the truth that elucidates, that lights up the lies of Satan and the lies of this world. We can know that we can be filled with you, that we have to empty ourselves of the things of this world and be filled solely with you. Just guide us today. Allow us to honor and glorify your name in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.